Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Well, it's been an exciting week to begin. Wednesday was a big day. Uh, Biden was uh, inaugurated, and that was an exciting day. Many people were happy in this country. Uh, many people shed a tear. I got several phone calls that night and the next morning uh, from people who, and emails from people who said how surprised, how pleased they were. They, they felt like a weight had been taken over their shoulders. I felt the same way, and I'll be honest, I had a tear or two dropping down during the inauguration ceremony. Uh, and the week has been, a lot of things are happening. I don't know where we're going yet. Biden's done a lot so far, but how much is truly accomplished so far, too soon to tell. Uh, and we just have to take it a step at a time. Uh, but it's a new day. My spirits are up for our country. I hope that Biden can accomplish everything he wants to accomplish. At heart, he's a good man. And uh, we'll see where it all goes. But I'll tell you one thing I'm glad for. And everyone that I spoke to afterwards, I haven't met a Trump supporter, though, (laughs) said to me how how thrilled they were that Trump was gone. So now we're going to go to Washington, D.C. tonight. We're going to go to Arizona, Oregon, New York City, Palm Beach, and Key West. I want to start the evening with the uh, young lady at the inauguration who made such a hit, Amanda Gorman. Remember her, Amanda Gorman? Uh, This lovely, beautiful, tiny black woman, 22 years old, Harvard graduate. She's a poet, a poet. Uh, She got up, and we've had poets at these events in the past, And she got up there and she recited a poem that she had written, a long poem, that spoke directly and well to the day, what it meant to many people in this country, and hopefully what the future was going to mean. Her name again, Amanda Gorman. Uh, She at one time, a couple of years ago, was the National Youth Poet Laureate. Uh, Her speech was outstanding, so I can say... Uh, everyone was pleased. I was pleased. Not that that means that much, but I was pleased. This was something different. And everyone spoke about her afterwards, and she was the talk of the town for the next 48 hours, as, as I would see it. I think she was the hot, hot, the head of the inauguration ceremony. Now, that was Wednesday. The next morning, Thursday morning, uh, she she ran a tweet. She's not Donald Trump, but she ran a tweet. And here's what she said on her tweet, and I quote, I am on the floor. My books are number one and number two on Amazon after one day. I am on the floor. My books are number one and number two on Amazon after one day. She's written two books uh, while she was in school, and she's had them published, and they were on Amazon. Apparently they weren't selling that well or just a little bit, but whatever, so many people in this country were well taken by her home, by her talk, by her manner, her demeanor, her appearance, that they went out and bought her books on Amazon and made them number one and number 22 in less than 24 hours. Now, I'm glad Trump's gone. Uh, I'm going to share with you a story uh, that, that proves, at least 
I feel this way. I don't know how many of you feel this way. I, I think he was a petty man. He was a small man. I think he was a scumbag. And I think he also was a sore loser. And the story I'm going to share with you now uh, supports the position I have taken. Biden was sworn in. They had that short march down the street. He and his wife, Jill, and everybody's children. <laughs> and uh, got to the White House. He and Mrs. Biden walked up the driveway to the front door of the White House. When they got there, there were two Marines, one on each side. It was a double door, one on each side. And supposedly the Marines are there to open the door. They look like guards, but they're there to open the door in a very formal manner, the double doors. They didn't budge. The newly inaugurated president and his happy wife, both of them are happy, are standing there on the steps of the porch, and the door is an opening. Uh, as it turns out, the chief usher was going to be the door opener that day for some reason. Trump fired him five hours before the Bidens were to show up. He fired the chief usher. Not only did he fire the chief usher, two hours before the Biden showed up, Biden showed up, and during, during the inauguration ceremony, he sent every other butler and usher home, gave him the rest of the day saying, and I quote, there would be no one to help the Bidens when they arrived. He didn't want anyone to be there to help the Bidens when they arrived. True story. And so they had to wait. It wasn't long, 10, 15 seconds. The door opened. Nobody knows who opened the door, and the Bidens were finally able to walk in. But that's the kind of guy that was our president for four years. We all know he was a schmuck, and this proves the point. Now we go to not only is Trump, I want to call him the asshole of assholes. That sounds terrible. I know what he is. And two state Republican organizations are also proving to be that way. Uh, and it's basically because Trump lost and a Democrat is president. We go to Arizona first. Uh, now, in Arizona, Arizona is a Republican state, <laughs> but Biden, Biden carried it. Not by much, but he carried it. Now, the governor is a Republican. It's a woman, Governor Ducey. A former United States senator is Flake. He resigned. He, last year he said he wasn't going to run this year, and he didn't because of Trump. And Cindy McCain, diehard Republican, husband wife, rather, of John McCain. Uh, she also said before the election she was supporting uh, Joe Biden. Well, the state Republican Party censured these three people for their failure to adequately and properly support Donald Trump. Governor Ducey, a Republican, former Senator Flake, a Republican, and Cindy McCain censured them, okay, because they did not support Trump, quote, unquote, because they did not support Trump. Uh, now, you say, well, petty, small, just like firing the guy who's supposed to open the door and sending everybody else home so they don't open the door for the Bidens at the White House. 
Uh, God is good sometimes, and there's some sort of payback or retaliation. The inauguration was January 6th. From January, I'm going to show you what happens because of things like this, because people are good, basically. From January 6th to January 20th, a period of only two weeks, 8,000 Republicans, 8,000 Republicans in the state of Arizona changed their registration from Republican to Independent, Democrat, or Libertarian. 8,000 people in two weeks because they were upset with their state GOP. Which now brings me to another screwy state, Oregon. This is pure insanity, which I'm sharing with you now. Uh, they're cult believers in Arizona. They, they are. They're, they're heavy cult believers in Arizona. If you look at what's transpired over the last six months there. Well, the Oregon Republican Party earlier this month uh, said they had approved of the January 6th revolution, as they call it. The January 6th revolution in Washington, the, the attack on the Capitol was a revolution which they approved. The Oregon State Republican Party. Uh, and they also said that the riot itself on January 6th was a, quote, false flag. I repeat, a false flag, okay, meant to discredit Trump, his supporters, and all conservative Republicans. In other words, they're saying that those people rioting, those weren't conservative Republicans, those weren't the bad guys, they were the Democrats, and they did this intentionally. This is a state Republican Party saying those were Democrats who attacked the Capitol, who, who five people got killed, who ripped this up and that up and, and di disgraced, vandalized our state Capitol. And it wasn't Republicans. These were Democrats. And it was a sham they put on. Okay. And isn't that something? These are the kind of people we're living with in this country. Schumer, majority leader, finally. Uh, it's his day. He's going to run the Senate now. Close election, but we got that one vote in Camilla Harris. Whenever there was a tie vote, she, she votes her one vote, and the Constitution says it can be done, and she breaks the tie. Which means, on the surface, the Democrats should have a hell of a time and get a lot of legislation passed quickly, because... Most of the legislation begins in the House, gets confirmed in the Senate, and then will be signed, that's a Democratic Senate, and then will be signed into law by a Democratic president. Hard to have a situation like that, whether you're a Democratic Party or a Republican Party. Very hard to have all three powers going at one time. Well, McCullough, you all know, was a pain in the ass this past week. Uh, he wouldn't give up his majority leader position. Uh, he he said he wanted the filibuster. The filibuster, you you know all about these things. McCullough wanted the filibuster so he could have a veto power over any Democratic legislation because he knew it was going to come through big time. He made an argument over this. He came up with a technical rule. He's good at the rules. He's been good at the rules for all the time he's been there. He hasn't been good at legislating things, but he's good at the rules and picking at them, 
being picayune and applying them so it supports the Republican position uh, and obviously not the Democratic position. Then uh, the, Dem- the McCullough backed off yesterday. McCullough backed off he, because Schumer says we're going to stand here forever. We didn't have any chairmanships, no Democratic chairmanships, if McCullough kept playing this game. If you haven't got a chairmanship of these committees, how the hell are you going to get legislation passed? How are you going to approve the cabinet? How are you going to approve judicial appointees? They still control. McCulloch shouldn't have done that. He didn't have the right to do it, but he was getting away with it because he wanted a guarantee that he had the veto power with the filibuster rule. Finally, two Democratic senators, uh, West Virginia's uh, John, uh, what the hell's his name? Uh, Oh, Lewis, 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 Lewis. John, 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 John. McManus, not McManus. I've got him out the block on it, excuse me. Anyhow, uh, West Virginia and Arizona, two Democratic senators, don't have to run again until 2004, uh, 2024, rather. They both said, we will not, under any circumstances, vote to eliminate the filibuster. So McCullough said, hey, I'll rely on their word, and I'll back off. He saved face. And he's depending on these two people. And these two people, by the way, I don't think they're going to relent. It's going to be a cold day in hell if and when they ever do. And why am I saying it that way? Well, the senator from West Virginia, this is into his third term, I think, as a United States senator, been a politician all his life, a governor. He's a Democrat in a black-hearted Republican state. And they can call it black-hearted in addition to being a red state because it's a coal mining state. Coal is black. West Virginia is a coal, coal mining state. And obviously the Democrats are anti-coal mining because it screws up the environment. And Biden's going to go after the coal uh, and keep trying to shut down those industries as Obama did. And he wants to make sure that he's going to get reelected. Well, he's played this game, though, uh, during the four years Obama was, not Obama, rather, Trump was president. Uh, he he played, Manchin, I'm sorry, Joe Manchin. Uh, he, he played the game and voted more Republican than Democrat. In fact, he voted 50.4% of the time for Trump's legislation as opposed to the Democratic position. Now, the senator from Arizona is a woman. Her name is S-I-N-E-M-S, Sinems. Uh, and she said, no, I'm, I believe in the two. And she's in a Republican state also. They happen to go Democrat this time for uh, Biden. But she's covering her butt and wants to make sure she gets reelected. Well, we're not going to pass good legislation. We're not going to move the country ahead. We're not going to support Trump. If these two people don't support the Democrats in getting rid of the filibuster, you know, sometimes you have to put your conscience ahead of your personal being, your well-being, uh, your position in life, your job. They're, sec- they're afraid they're going to lose their jobs, and they might very well. But we're never going to get anything done in this country. And if this election proved anything, 
It was the people are fed up with divided government, and let's do something, and let's get something done, and there's a hope that Biden will accomplish something. But unless these two people change their minds along the way, he isn't going to accomplish as much as he would have liked to. Biden signed an executive order, I think today, um, that he was banning the federal government from entering into any further private corporation contracts to run federal prisons. In other words, someone oh, 20 years ago said, hey, you know, it would be cheaper. Why should the federal government run the, the federal jails? Let's hire a corporation, because corporations know how to save money. Government wastes money. That isn't true anymore, as you know. Uh, and so they went with private corporations to run uh, the jails. And at the same time, uh, some genius in Congress and the Department of Defense says, you know, why are we sending all these soldiers over there, our military boys? We can hire mercenary armies. They'll be made up of Americans, but when they, we don't have to pay them, and we don't have to provide them with equipment. And when they get killed, nobody, you ever hear of a mercenary getting killed? You're not going to hear about it. So the people back home won't say, oh, my God, we've got to get our asses out of Afghanistan. So that was what was going on, and he, he did it with today with the, um, with the private corporations. Now, understand, four years ago, because I wrote an article on this four years ago about the time Trump was elected. It cost the federal government $87 a day to keep a federal prisoner. With the private corporations, it now costs the federal government $150 a day to keep a federal prisoner, from $87 to 150 Also, in the last 20 years, the numbers tell us that the Corrections Corporation of America, the biggest private jail concern, uh, their profit went up 500%. In fact, the, corporation, the uh, Corrections Corporation of America, their profit in 2020, just this past year, went up 47% of the profit, 40% in profit. Now, who are these people? Who are these people? These people are all the same people who are running these things. A lot of money involved there. And I wonder how much of that money goes back into somebody's pocket in Washington and elsewhere. And I'm being very sincere when I say this. Understand, the same people that have been running the federal prisons, and they also run a lot of the state prisons, but Biden can only exercise his legal rights with regard to federal prisons, as he did today, uh, are very rich people. They're very, very rich people. They were rich when they began. They got even richer at this time uh, and included. And one of the reasons they got richer, they got richer under Trump. They made so much more money under Trump because the migrants that Trump would put in detention camps, they're like jails, concentration camps, like under Hitler, these kids going into these detention camps. These weren't. U.S. employees taking care of them and treating them all brutally, especially ripping kids out of their mother's arms and over 500 kids still, we can't find their parents. Uh, these were employees of the private prison corporations. Every, it, the migrant problem, migration problem, turned into a, a gold fund for them. Cash flow, big time. 
And even uh, Barr, our Attorney General, in 2019 said, uh, we've got, he's just concerned, because the migrants, people representing them, uh, found out that they could go to an immigration judge and get bail set. So get some of these people who could put the money together out of jail or detention camp before a an immigration judge could decide their case, which only takes five to ten years. So this was a good thing. So Barr, Barr says, no more, we're stopping this. No more can a migrant go before an immigration judge and ask for bail because immigration judges no longer are permitted to grant bail. And he got, they got away with it. Now, let me tell you about a family who's made a ton of money off this stuff, and they're the number one family with the private prisons, with the mercenary items. Betsy DeVos, Secretary of Education, inept, incompetent. Read about her. Inept, incompetent. But they kept her in that office all the time, and she didn't know what she was doing education-wise. Now, she is married. Her husband, her husband, is the heir to Amway, Amway Products, he and she, and she in her own right, as I'll explain in a minute, are billionaires, billionaires. Her brother is Eric DeVos. Eric DeVos, her brother, is the fellow who started Blackwater. Blackwater was the mercenary armies. Then they got in trouble, so he disbanded them, and he's got two new ones, two new mercenary items with different name. And he's the guy that's running the private corporations and convinced Trump to let him do it. Everybody's eating. I wonder who's getting money also in Washington for seeing that DeVos's people get these contracts, etc. Let me share with you how rich they people were, are. These, the, the DeVos's were filthy rich before Trump got into office. They're more rich today. You know, rich people have homes all over the world. They have a few homes here and there. They have seven Yachts. I'm not talking about 40, 50 footers. I'm talking about 140, 150, 160 foot yachts. Seven of them planted all over the world. So when they go on vacation, they get on with their yachts. They fly to some place in Europe or wherever, South America, and they have their yachts. That's the type of life these people live. It's absolutely amazing. Rudy Giuliani. He's stupid. I feel sorry for the guy. I feel sorry for him because he's a fellow attorney, and he's he's gone. He shouldn't be there. He's gonna get, he's gonna get in very big trouble very soon. He was just sued. He and this female lawyer out of the South, Sidney Powell, who came into the ball game for the president in the last two months, uh, they sued Old Dominion. Old Dominion is a company that's a technology company dealing with election items, and they make the machines. Uh, they count the ballots, etc. And Giuliani especially said the machines were wrong, they weren't operating properly, and this was a basis for his lawsuits. 62 lawsuits, only one was won, if you recall, by the Trump people. Uh, but he never had any proof that Old Dominion was bad. But he destroyed, he tried to destroy Old Dominion's name, and so did Sidney Powell. Well, what goes around comes around, and Old Dominion sued 
Rudy Giuliani and this Powell woman this week for $1.3 billion, $1.3 billion. And Giuliani says, hey, this is good. Now in discovery, I'm going to find things out about them. They're going to destroy him. He hasn't got the kind of money a major corporation is. I don't care how rich Giuliani is. They're going to hire so many big-time lawyers at $1,000 an hour from law firms with 8,000, 12,000 lawyers worldwide, experts in this, experts in that, and they're going to bury him in paperwork. He doesn't have that kind of money to fight this kind of an onslaught. He is going to be destroyed, and he's got it coming, unfortunately. He's got it coming. Okay, that's the show for this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. I get a little excited. I think we're, we're on the right path. I just hope it doesn't take too long to get everything we're doing on the right path. Uh, We've got to change, turn our country around. Biden has the capacity to do it. He wants to do it. Let's hope he can do it. Uh, I hope you pay attention. Read my blog every morning, if you would, keywestlou.com. Uh, I also have added to my blog my, Greece the first time. I kept the blog of my trip to Greece nine years ago. It's over 80 pages, uh, and I just started I'm printing one day every uh, day in the blog. So join me on the blog. Read it. Come back next week. I enjoy sharing the show with you. Have a good week, my friends. <laughs>